Let me give you the answer to the question you're asking next week. Next week, okay? I invite you to kneel with me in a time of prayer before we open God's word together. God, we thank you for the gift of music. God, we thank you for Jeff, our choir, our orchestra, all the people, God, behind the scenes that make worship happen for us here at Second God. We thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this worship center, this place where we can gather. God, we come today expectant of what you're going to do in our lives. God, we want to hear you speak to us. God, we thank you that you know what's going on inside of our minds. You know our, our hopes, our dreams. And God, you know our fears and our worries right now. God, we bring all of us, we bring our, ourselves here into this place this morning. Speak to us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, today around 33,000 people will be participating in the Houston Marathon. If you didn't notice, which I did on my way here today, there's a big marathon going on. So uh, a lot of people are, uh, some have already finished, some are just lacing up and making their way through that 26 mile journey. And over the years, I've met many people here in the city, many friends of mine who really are not really runners or joggers, but they say to themselves, you know, you know what? I'm gonna run a marathon. That's what I'm going to do. Now, what do they do? Do they wait another year and in January just show up? No, you can't do that. To run a marathon, especially if you're untrained like most of us are, man, you have to go to a different place. You have to go and find someone to train with. You have to get on different regimen. You have to learn how to diet and balance and do all those things. All of that is a part of running a marathon. You can't just show up and say, hey, here I am. I'm going to make this thing happen. We have to run in a certain way. A passage that talks about that is 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 9, verse 24. He writes, do you not know that in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Now, the prize for most people running today is to finish. Some people are looking to make some times and then there'll be about one or two people from Kenya who will win and be first, second, and third like the last 30 years. But we're all in a, a marathon, or we've heard that before, life is a marathon. And I would say that life really is an ultra marathon. And we have to really be ready to run our race. And when we get off the track, we've got to get on the track and we've got to run in a certain way. And we have to go to different places and different spaces to prepare us and to encourage us and to empower us along life's path. Now, this is part three in the series we've been doing called Expectations. What do we expect out of life? What are we expecting out of the new year? Um, what should you expect when you're expecting? We're all expecting something, right? And what should we expect from God? And today we're gonna look at what God expects from us. What does God expect from you? What does God expect from me as we're running this race, as we're going into this brand new year, 
2023. What does he want from you? What does he want from me? Let's look at Matthew chapter number 28. I know some of you are already in 1 Corinthians. You can put your finger there if you want to or highlight it. It's a great verse. But look at Matthew 28, verses 16 following. Now this is the mission statement of our church. I'm gonna read a part of this, a part of this. And it's gonna lay out, I believe, or at least set a, a paradigm, if you would, of what God expects of us as we're going along our way. It says, the 11 disciples went to Galilee. This is after the resurrection of Christ, to the mountain where Jesus, the Logos, the creator becomes savior, God become flesh, where Jesus told them to, let's say that word together, go. One more time, go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Now, I'm not gonna preach a message on that today, but I could and I have. If I just had evidence, if I just had evidence that I would believe, what? Mm, he's right there in front of your face. Some doubt it. Whole nother message, hold the thought. All right. When Jesus came to them, the believers and the doubters, you know, some worshiped him, some doubted. He said, listen, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Remember, he is the logos, the wisdom, the word of God, who was there before there was a beginning, come into our reality. He's saying all authority has been given to me. Now, look at verse 19. Therefore, let's say this word together, go. One more time. Go and make disciples of all nations. Now, tomorrow many of you are gonna go into work and you are in the financial sector and there are things that you go to every single day. There are principles that you live by, there are principles that you've developed and gotten deeper over the years and years and years that you go to every single day. There are leadership principles and management principles that you're going to go to tomorrow and today. As a parent, there are things you say and do, you go to. God also has places and he has means where we have to go to and we have to develop. He expects us to go to these places. So let's look at a few of them, a few of them here this morning, and then we're gonna look at an inevitable place where some of us find ourselves, okay? First place he says for us to go to is worship. Go to worship. You're gonna to go to worship one way or the other. We, we, are, we are human beings and we have been designed for the capacity to worship, to declare someone or something, to give them ultimate value and authority. We are made by God, we're made in His image. And though we're broken, though we're fallen, though we're being redeemed, we have this desire, this innate desire to get out of ourselves and our selfishness and our self-centeredness and a desire to worship. 
That's why so many people will say, wow, I see and experience God so much when I'm out in nature. I, I see and experience God. That is a form of worship. So if we are going to do what God has for us to do, if we're gonna become the people that God wants us to become, then we have to make worship, worship our priority. And I'm talking about, I mean, that, that's a whole nother message really, but just, I'm just talking about the gathering that we're doing right here on Sunday morning at 9.30. So all of us here can at least check that box for today, right? We are here in worship. And when we worship, we ascribe to God his supreme value and his worthiness. God's word says time and time again, do not forsake the gathering of believers. And Acts, it said they went up to the place of worship, which was their custom. So what do we do? We gather here in this worship center, in churches, in places, on the first day of the week to start our week. We're starting right here on Sunday in this particular space to say, God, you are of supreme value. God, you are the ultimate authority. God, you have the wisdom, you have the power, and we are grateful and we, we want to be uh, worthy, God, of, of servants, of following you, and we enter into this space of corporate worship. You say, man, I really wanna be like the early church. I really wanna be like Christians from the past. Listen, if there's one thing that we can find as a unifying element throughout our 2000 year history on planet earth as Christ followers, is that Christ followers and Christians throughout the world gather on Sunday to worship. Sunday because it's the day that Christ came out of the grave alive. And so we gather in this space to worship. The first place, God's first expectations for you and for me is for worship. We go to worship. What would happen if you made a commitment to say, you know what, this year I am going to be in worship. Every Sunday, no matter if I'm in Houston or in someplace else, Sunday is God's day and I am going to go to worship. What would your life look like? What would your family life look like? Your work life look like if you made that commitment? What would it look like? Where do we go? We go to worship. The second place we go that God has for you and for me is that we go to God's word. We go to the word. Years ago, I read this book called Faith Beyond Reason. And it was a book that was just really instrumental to me for many, many years. It was a book uh, kind of comparing and contrasting these three philosophers, Kierkegaard, Aquinas, and Immanuel Kant. And it was talking about the relationship between faith and reason and doubt and all these different things. And this is just a, was a great book for me personally. If you buy it, you're probably not gonna like it, but it really, it was helpful to me, right? 
Just like some of your favorite books and favorite movies will not be helpful to me, but this is my book. So I read it, I highlighted it, I studied it. I'm sure I bought books that it recommended. And man, I just lived in this book, I don't know, for about 10 years. It was one of my go-to books. The author of the book was a guy by the name of Dr. C. Stephen Evans. And he was one of the probably top three Kierkegaard scholars in the entire world. And I found out that somehow he moved and was teaching at a university near here. So you know what I did, listen, I'm a fan, right? So I said, I gotta meet this guy. It's the only way I can meet him. And I had another contact at this university. And so I met, I went to the library there and I had my legal pad and I had a copy of my book that he had written. So I wanted to sign it and I sat down and, and you know, I got him to sign the book and all that. And then I had a, a legal pad out and I had some questions I wanna ask him. And I was hanging on every word that this guy said. Why? Because his words, the words that he had written and, and probably the, the decades of study and preparation that he had to write that book spoke to me in a deep and profound place. That's why I read that book and reread the book and tried to understand the book. And that's why I eventually wanted to meet the author. He provided answers to questions that I was asking. And that's just one book. How much more, how much more precious and valuable is God's book, God's word, to us, the word, the word of God, the privilege that we have to actually have our own Bible is unbelievable. God's word is a, what? A lamp to our feet, a light to our path. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. The word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. This is God's words to us. It's where we get our strength. It's where we are fed. It's where we are convicted. It's where we are led. That's why at this church we put such a titanic emphasis, if you would, on the teaching and the application of God's word. And it's in God's word, the small w, that we experience and get to know the word, capital W, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's in this word that we come and get to know the author of the word and the author of this world. We go to God's word time and time and time again. And in God's word, we discover the word that fills us, fill her up with grace and truth and wisdom and guidance. And it's a privilege that we all have the ability to go daily, daily to God's word, daily. So we start the week off like we're doing right now in worship. 
as is our custom, as is God's command for us. He expects us to go to worship, to gather together as a community, as believers. And then every single day, he expects us to go to his word. And today we have so many ways to do that, don't we? We can read his word. You know, sometimes I'll put his word inside of my phone or a verse that reminds me of that to look at throughout the day. Other people, you know, they have those little funny little white bones that stick out of their ear. I guess they're connected to some device or something. I don't know. But you can listen to God's word. There's so many ways to get God's word into us and flowing through us. We have a guy that comes to our 1111 service who's, who's in the marketplace. He's a businessman, just like many of you are. He's almost memorized the entire New Testament. No pressure. Gretchen Rubin said this, she said, what do you do every day? What you do every day matters more than what you do once in a while. It matters more. It matters more what we do every day, every day. And listen, I'm, I'm not, you know, we're at different seasons in our life, right? All of us in here are, are at different seasons and stages in our life and our relationships and our family with our kids and our grandkids. So I understand, I understand that in certain seasons of your life, you may have more time for individual prayer, more time for individual time in God's word. I understand that. And yet God's call to us is still to find that space to go into his word. Question, what would your life look like? What would my life look like if I went to God's word every day this year, this year? On Sundays, I'm gonna gather for worship. Whether I'm here in Houston or someplace else, I am going to go to worship. That's where I'm gonna go daily, daily. I'm gonna go to God's Word. And the last place we're going to go, do you think this next word begins with a W? How many have been in church? No, it begins with a P. I'm kidding. Go, go into your world. Go into your world. For God so loved the world, the cosmos, go into all the world, the ethnos, the nations, go into your world, your sphere of influence and make a difference with the one and only life that God has given you. I can't go into your office space. I can't go into your home. I can't go into your school. I can't go into your relational world. I can't go where you train and exercise or work out or training for your marathon. I don't know, I can't go, but you can go, you're there. God sent you there. God has placed you in your particular world, your sphere of influence to make a difference in the lives of others. And what God has poured into your life, he wants you to pour out to others when it's appropriate. So we go, 
We go to worship on Sunday, we go to God's word daily, and then we go into our world. You go into your world to make a difference for God in Christ. That's where we go. These are just a few of God's expectations of you and God's expectations of me. What would it look like? What would it look like? If every day we woke up in the morning, we wake up tomorrow morning and we have a simple prayer, God, please help me to be open to what you're doing in my world today. God, I'm available to be used by you today. God, help me, whether by word and deed, to, to reflect your character and your word and your truth in my life. What would our life be like if we prayed that prayer every single day. God, I want to make a difference for you in my school. I want to make a difference for you in my workplace. I want to make a difference for you in the relationships that you've given to me in my world. So these expectations of us for you and, and for me is that one word, right? G-O, it is to go. Let's say it together. Go, go, go. We go to worship. We go to the word. We go into our worlds. God, I want to make a difference. Now, as we're going, as we're running this ultra marathon, just like people are running the marathon right now, a large percentage of them will do this. At around mile 18 or 20, they will hit the wall. The wall. The wall, when, when you feel like your legs are so heavy, you can't put one in front of the other. The wall, where you feel like all your energy and all uh, your hydration and foods and carbs that you ate are, are, are gone. The wall inside of your mind that says, I can't do it, I can't go on. In life, as we are going, seeking to live up to God's expectations, as we're in worship on Sunday, as we're in his word, as we're seeking to make a difference in our lives, in our world, still there are times and moments when you will hit the wall, you'll hit the wall. Dr. David, David Rico describes it in this way. He said, there are some things in life which we have no control, probably most things. We discover in the course of our lives that reality refuses to bow to our commands. Another force, sometimes with a sense of humor, usually comes into play with different plans. We are forced to let go when we want so much to hold on and to hold on when we want so much to let go. Our lives, all of our lives, include unexpected twists, unwanted endings, and challenges of every puzzling kind. It's the wall. Some of us here are running, you're going, you're in worship, you're in the word, you're making a difference. Some of us are at that space and time in life where you've hit the wall. 
Another great American philosopher, Dr. Seuss, describes it this way. In his book, Oh, the Places You'll Go, you will come to a place where the streets are not marked, some windows are lighted, but mostly they're darked. A place you could sprain both your elbow and your chin. Do you dare to stay out? Do you dare to go in? How much can you lose? How much can you win? You're at the wall. You've hit the wall. The prayer and prayers no longer seek to work. What if work in the past, you're depleted at the wall. But I know this, as many of you do, is that God is with us in the different walls we have to negotiate and go through in our life. And the only way to go through the wall as we're going is to surrender. It's just, God, I, I surrender to you. God, I don't understand the wall. I don't know how to get around it or over it or under it. It's too, I, I don't know, but God, I know through your grace and through your mercy that I can surrender to you at the wall. And you trust in God in the shadow of the wall. And you realize that the cross and his resurrection is bigger and more powerful than the walls that you face in your journey. And then what do you do? Well, you'll start to go deeper in worship, deeper in the word, and deeper into your world. As we saw last week, and God gives us more grace, more grace to make it through that wall as we surrender to him. We surrender to him. Jesus calls us, Jesus commands us. The Logos, the word become flesh, tells us, has the authority. He says, hey, go, go, go to worship. Go to the word and go into your world and make a difference for me. God tells us to 